Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. Sunday afternoon, Monster Extras. This is Gunnar Monson, your host, along with Shane Corson. I am also the founder of the Sasquatch Coffee Company, who sponsors Monster X. And uh, some exciting Sasquatch Coffee news is uh, we are, it's, the Sasquatch Coffee is, cur- is uh, expanding. We've got, uh, we're in the world famous Tillamook Jeans Factory, um, and as well as the Wild Thing in, in Iowa. And uh, we just picked up a couple more wholesale accounts here in Oregon, a couple of uh, uh, in the high school pharmacy in Cave Junction, and Sisters Oregon will soon be carrying Sasquatch coffee. So um, if you're in the area and you'd like to fix them up, check it out, or you can go to www.squatchcoffee.com and uh, get some there. So, Hey, Shane, how you been, buddy? Doing well. Uh, a little tired from this week, uh, as we were discussing before the show started. You know, it's been a, a little bit stressful, but uh, you know, I am I'm glad to be here on Monster X Radio, and uh, glad you made it back from your little excursion uh, <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, well, last so I was not on Monster X last week, and I appreciate you taking taking the care of the show. And uh yeah, um missed I missed Hop Squatch, but I was out with uh my lady Susan. We went on a uh backpacking trip. Um there is an old uh railroad line through the coast range and uh we hiked up the Nahalem portion, the Halem River portion of that. Uh spent five days out in the woods. Uh it was 
awesome time. Uh, we'll, uh, we didn't go as far as we had initially planned. The weather was extremely hot the first couple of days. As you're well aware, Shane, it's been hot and dry here in Oregon. Um, there's a couple of different wildfires going on right now. So if you're out in the woods here in, in a, you know, anywhere this time of year, please be careful with, with fire and, and uh, be a good steward of the forest because there is uh, a cup. I know it gets out of hand pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, our trip was awesome. Um, like I said, we, we stayed um, a couple days. We found actually a, a beautiful little creek and uh, stayed there for a couple days. Um, we went up. Uh, we stayed by uh, where the the Halem River and the Salmonberry River come together one night. It actually rained that night, which was a fun. Susan also uh, we Susan's uh, sleeping pad also popped that night. So <laughs> um, you can guess you can guess who was sleeping on the rocks and who was sleeping on the pad. But uh, we had a we had a good time, and then we went out and hi. Um, there's there's a bunch of train trestles on the Salmonberry uh, railroad way that act is basically a path through the forest, which is really cool. And uh, we hiked out, I don't know, a couple miles uh, on our last day there, and uh, and then uh, uh, came back out. And it's beautiful country, uh, and uh, just just a good time. So yeah, we had a lot of fun. We plan to go out and and uh, do the salmonberry portion sometime here in the new near future. So, and it was a little bit of a a training yeah, hike. You, uh, go ahead. Oh, did you guys uh, while you were out there? I had a couple of questions for. You. Did did were you guys uh, affected by the fire at all? Do you guys see smoke? And no, or, no. You know, because up here in Portland or the Portland area, you know, I live out in Beaverton. Uh, it's been pretty smoky um, with the, the east wind blowing west uh, and the fires north of us coming in here. So, And then um, on top of that, do you guys bump into anybody else out there or see any wildlife or anything like that? How, how, how was it out there? Pretty quiet? Or? It was actually pretty quiet. We did um, one day run across some, some uh, young guys that were hiking um, we, where we passed each other. They were going in the opposite direction that we were. And, uh, but other than that, we did not see a soul for like four days. So, and, uh, uh, as far as wildlife, no, I was surprisingly quiet with, with wildlife. Um, the, the only, it's weird is we didn't, uh, we saw like a mouse one time on, on the tracks, come out, run down the rail and then go in a, in a hole. That was about the extent of the, the wildlife, um, <laughs> The, the weirdest thing was we uh, <laughs> we camped by this creek for a couple of days, and we we uh, we hiked up the creek one evening, and and of course I had to do a couple of bigfoot calls. Nothing happened. Come back to camp, and of course we were putting we put all our food in one of our packs and put it up in the tree. And when we we were doing that, like directly across the creek from us, there was like this really loud thud, just like boom. I mean, and it was either something heavy jumped and landed on the ground or a big flat rock hit the ground. I, it, but it, it, it made us both look, and, and I saw some, you know, brush move, like it had been hit by something. It, it was just really weird. It was the only noise we heard up there that, 
yeah. sounded animal. Um, we did. I, I do take that when we were coming back down the the uh, um, Salmonberry, we heard coyotes go off in the in the middle of the day. But other than that, it was pretty pretty quiet. So um, smoke. We didn't see any smoke up there. We got back oh, um, yeah. Thursday night, um, and so we have had. Uh, I went out to. Uh, I went down to Pacific City this. Yesterday, uh, Mr. Peter Byrne had just turned 90 years old, if you can believe that. And uh, I was surprised at how much smoke there is here on the coast. Of course, there's a fire uh, in the Wilhelmina uh, area, so right. I'm sure that wind is blowing that smoke over this way, too. So, uh, yeah, and and the yesterday, so we survived our... our backpacking excursion and and it was a great time come back out um and yesterday was peter's they had a birthday party celebration down in and for peter turning 90 growing up as a kid i mean peter is one of the reasons that i got into bigfooting because i remember watch watching programs in the 70s and there he was you know he was on a lot of the shows at that time um in fact, I heard yesterday that he'd been like on 30 shows, you know, <laughs> Bigfoot shows. So, oh, yeah, he's um, <laughs> the Englishman with the ascot. I remember that, you know, in his safari looking out fit. And uh, they 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 played a a, a video of, of different pictures of his life and the things that he's done. And, you know, he was uh, spent a lot of time in Nepal and, and looking for the Yeti and then then I, I remember as a kid driving by the uh, Bigfoot Research Center out in the Dalles when uh, Peter was out there. Couldn't get my folks to stop at the time. <laughs> but uh, I remember because it, it said Bigfoot in big letters on the top of the building. And that was that was pretty cool. So it was great. And, I you know, I never thought 40 years later I'd be uh, uh, going to his 90th birthday party. So it was it was it was an awesome time. Isn't that Todd and Diane, the nieces were yeah. there, you know, Jared and, and Cindy Cadell were there. Of course Larry and, and his wife Kathy were there. So um Barb part of our Barb uh, part of our group was there. Bunch of bunch of people and I gotta to talk to some uh folks that I met at Beachfoot that uh that have had uh had a, a sighting and it it was yeah it was it was great um pete of course peter was there made an appearance and and uh it, it was just awesome 90 years old and that guy i mean he is still like goes out and and hikes like two to three miles every day um i, I yeah I, I hope to be doing as well when i'm 90 years old so no kidding i just hope to live half the life that that man has lived you talk about, you know, uh, you know, he he was in the RAF in in the British military uh, stationed, uh, you know, uh, I think in Nepal. But he, he he went on like his first Yeti um, expedition or trip or whatever in like 1946. Uh, and then you know he's been doing it every, you know all this stuff since. You know, made it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the 1960s. He was in the the Pacific Northwest specifically. I think in the Trinity area in in, in Northern California. 
and, you know, did a lot of stuff up Mount Hood, you know, area where I had my encounter uh, in the 1990s. He, you know, he was out there uh, doing state-of-the-art stuff, you know, using helicopters and all sorts of stuff to to try and solve the puzzle and collect evidence and stuff. Uh, and, uh, well, just, you know, he's written a ton of books, too. I mean, the guy's, the guy's just, he's a big game hunter uh, or was big game hunter, um, hiker. Uh, he's just, he's worked with everybody, knows everybody, and has done everything other than prove the existence of Sasquatch or the Yeti, for that matter. But he's just led quite the amazing life. Uh, and uh, I'm just, I'm, you know, I unfortunately cannot make it down there for his birthday. I, I really wanted to, and I tried to, but um, I had some other prior engagements I had to attend to. And, uh, you know, and but to be to be in his presence down there. And, and fortunately, you know, I he doesn't live too far away. And I've had... Uh, you know, saw him at Beachfoot, and, and uh, he's been up to to our research area there in Tillamook, uh, which I also did not attend, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> he's just an amazing I'm guy. Just, I, I don't and, know. He asked and, about you, you know, and wonders why you're yeah. ducking him. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that, it, it, yeah. Um, no, I mean, he's like you said. It's it's an inspirational life to you know living a life like an adventure and just really cool. And the, the, one of the kind of sad things is he has not, you know, seen a Bigfoot and uh, he really wants to before, you know, before he passes on to the next realm. And uh, he, cause uh, after he had come out to our area, I talked to him a little bit and, and he said, you know, I, uh, I, I still really want to see one. And I like, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I get it. I'm I'm still in that in that uh, mm-hmm. area too. Uh, you know, I have not had a that confirmation sighting, and and uh, but I'm going to. So if I'm 90 years old, I will be out there looking, <laughs> and eventually it's going to happen. Right place, right time. It will. So. It will happen. Dang it. <laughs> so hopefully, we're, we're uh, with with everything you know. Peter's doing it. I was going to say, hopefully, with everything that Peter's doing and a lot of the other researchers are doing, uh, for the sake of some of these um, uh, old-time researchers or the, the, the guys that really started this uh, whole endeavor, hopefully it'll be proven and they will be uh, they will get their, that moment of glory, uh, not, you know, just for themselves. Like, okay, wow, there it is. Uh, I really hope that for, for them. And, right. Uh, but we will see, you know, we will see. Uh these guys, you know, I, I look up, you know, I do look up to a lot of these guys like, you know, your Peter Burns and your Bender Nagels and whatnot, uh, um, your, your Renee's, you know, DeHendron and, John, you know, all these guys. And, and who Peter has, you know, Peter's worked with just about every single person. You can name them. He's, he's worked with them, you know, Tom Slick, Renee DeHendron, John Green, Ray Crow. He, he knows them all. He's worked with them. Um, and it kind of kind of brings me up to something I've been thinking about lately is, a lot of not not everybody, but a lot of your your especially nowadays, and I'm not bagging on because I haven't experienced it. But Peter Burns never come out and found anything paranormal with Bigfoot. Uh, he's never seen one, of course. Uh, I, I know he believes he's been close and he's pretty much experienced everything else. Um, but you know, between between the Yeti in Nepal and the Himalayas and Sasquatch in the Pacific Northwest and other areas, he's never ever stated anything paranormal about about Sasquatch and I got to wonder you know you know why others 
you know, if they in fact did experience something paranormal or not. You know what I'm saying? It's it's uh, he's yeah. always stuck to his guns as far as never never going down that road, or at least never experienced it, I guess. No, that's, I mean, it certainly is. He's a hardcore, it's an animal, and that, that's it. it. It's what one of the, the interesting things is one of his really good friends is Ron Moorhead, and, and Ron is, you know, does go down that road. Right. Of, of, yeah, so, and they, they just agree to disagree, which to me is, is uh, I, I, I appreciate that about that, I mean, I was surprised when I found out that they were they were good friends because it's just like, you know, sometimes if, in Bigfooting, if you don't agree the way that I, you know, I think, then we can't we can't get along. So, and speaking of of paranormal and and uh, you know, I, uh, Matt Johnson released a, an audio of uh, uh, the portal quote quote unquote portal incident. You know, and the and it, and it you can hear Adam Davies talking about something going on, and uh, I as to my uh, I am not aware that Adam has come out and said one thing, you know, said something one way or the other. I know John uh, Carl Carlson Carlson is that right? Carlton um, has yeah has has said yeah. As far as I know, you know it's. I know, I believe they signed NDA, so I don't know how much they'd come out and actually say or or speak about, but uh, uh, I'm back. Shade, are you still there? I'm back in, Shane. Hello. I'm back too. <laughs> it was like a double I, kicking there. I got wow. I got booted. Paranormal like. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. I guess we're not supposed to speak of this matter. <laughs> uh, that was a little awkward. But uh, so. we're back now, so thank God. Uh, but yeah, you know, John John came out and said a few things. Um, like he saw this and that. I'm not hurting anything, Adam. Adam, as far as I know, doesn't want to give. I mean, from what I hear, doesn't want to give Matthew Johnson the time of day, and won't answer to anything. But you know, uh, it, it's. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. It doesn't sound. You know, it's weird because the, all this other. It doesn't even sound Bigfoot related to me. It sounds like some completely different. And in, in fact, they experience this stuff. It just doesn't sound Bigfoot related to me. I don't see any. Uh, I don't know why they would call it Bigfoot. I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. If there's portals and all that, it sounds like to me something completely different. You know, I've spent yeah, thousands a... of hours in the woods. Uh, it, I've just never experienced anything like that. I've experienced Bigfoot, uh, but I've never mm -hmm. experienced anything like that. And I'm not bagging on what they experienced because I've never experienced it. And, you know, you have you know these guys, but that's not definitive proof of Bigfoot to me, personally. Well, and that was the thing is it's. Uh, uh, audio recording or somebody talking to me it, it is not definitive proof of some of 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 a portal. You know, um, I uh, I mean it, that that's one of the problems for me is you cannot provide trot that out and say here's definitive proof that 
what what I said and how I said it is exactly what happened because they have somebody talking about something weird uh, on audio. It, you know, there, and like I said, there could have been, there could, and and you, it, like you're saying, how is how is even if that event actually happened the way that it's been put out there, um, how do you know that that's Bigfoot related? I mean, unless Bigfoot stepped out of the portal, I mean that then you got something that's you know, and then and then I think I think I'm pretty much done Bigfooting if that if Bigfoot's jumping in and out of portals. What's the point? Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that you have. Like I said, I'm not. You know, if that's what they saw or think they saw, whatever, fine. But I don't. I don't see the the Bigfoot. Cor- you know, I just don't see it. Uh, I've never experienced anything like that. Um, never experienced mind speak. I've never experienced being zapped and you know uh, infrasound or whatever. That could be a possibility. I don't. I've never experienced it. But I. I've never definitely never experienced portals. And if if that event did occur. How does that relate to Bigfoot? I just, I don't, you know, uh, you know, Matthew Johnson, you know, he says he's a Christian and whatnot. Uh, if he's seen stuff like that and stuff like that's occurring, he may want to question that it's not more demonic than Bigfoot. I don't see the correlation there. I see more being something, uh, I don't know, I just don't get it. <laughs> I, 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 try, I try to wrap my head around it quite a few times, I just don't get it. Um, right. You know, but uh, well, I'm not there, thing I wasn't it's... there, so I can't question Bigfoot. Yeah, and that, I mean, the thing is, is that, if that, is that, how come that's the only, you know, case of, of a portal with little guardians that I ever have heard about in, you know, in relation to Bigfoot? I mean, could there be, I'm sure there's all kinds of mysteries and all kinds of stuff that goes on that, you know, that we don't understand, but, but the, to draw the, you know, that it that it's Bigfoot related to me is is a stretch. So, um, right, right. I I, uh, I don't get it. So. A huge stretch in my book. Yeah, yeah, a huge stretch. And you know, I said to this date, uh, I I've never experienced like that. And it's the first I've ever heard of a, a portal situation where somebody claims it's Sasquatch related. Uh, but you know, uh. Just, uh, I guess I'll, I'll I'll wait till it happens to me, <laughs> which might be a long right. time, but uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> it's it just, uh, I just, you know, it's it's either way, either way, it's 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 like a, an encounter report or something. It's it, not definitive. You can't claim, uh, as some have, that right. that's definitive proof just because you have. It, it's just not. It's not good enough. I'm sorry. Well, that's it, it's another um, any you know. Re- report or story that's audio, it, it, it goes to the database, but it, like you said, it's not going to be definitive proof of of the existence. I mean, that's, you know, you know what I harp on, it's, it's yeah. there's only three ways it's got to be a body, alive or dead, or a long-term research project where things are documented, like Jane Goodall style, where things, you know, we have pictures and DNA and, and corroborating evidence that that uh is overwhelming enough and to to uh um, convince the general public and the scientific community that they're you know if you have videos of them uh repeat you know numerous videos numerous photographs numerous 
uh, lots of audio that's been actually properly analyzed, that kind of stuff. If if your goal is to to prove yeah. their existence, and and not everybody out there that that right. is into Bigfoot is trying to prove their existence. And that's that, that, that that's to be uh, that's for sure. I mean, some people are just out there trying to have a Bigfoot experience. So, but science is not going to you know if you're trying to get and I'm not I'm not speaking for Matthew or those that believe that, that uh, Sasquatch is paranormal or just, you know, or extraterrestrial. But uh, there are many people out there trying to get academia and science involved, and I don't see them jumping on board something like that uh, anytime soon unless you have, I mean, even more definitive proof than, than what we got now for that subject matter. Seems, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. People can argue about this all day, you know, um, mm-hmm. and get nowhere. Uh, that's why I don't, I don't, uh, I don't question what people have seen or or go down that road. It's a it's a waste of my time. But um, I've never experienced anything like that, and uh, I am trying to get science involved in this subject matter. I am trying to get, uh, you know, them to look at the serious. And I think there's a lot of better ways to go about it personally. And I think. You know what what the Lint Project's doing and the Tillman Group's doing. I believe we are 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 moving in the right direction. Uh, I hope so. Could be wrong, but uh, you know, uh, moving down the direction of uh, trying to to bring facts and 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 real evidence to the table. And uh, I think we'd make we made leaps and bounds in the last two years. I really do. I think we're really starting to get somewhere. Um, and one could argue, well, no, you're not. It's been done before. I disagree, but uh, I'm going to stick with the fact that I believe this is a flesh-and-blood creature, uh, non-portal-jumping uh, entity, uh, and something that's just very good in its environment um, that is rare but around. Uh, you know, That's just my, my foothold and um, sticking to my guns until proven otherwise. Well, you're, that's the premise that you're beginning with, until, until something you know, evidence presents itself that, that is contrary and can be proven otherwise. So, right, yeah. exactly. Um, and, some and people, there's a lot of people I respect too. Like, and yeah, I get along with. You know, I get uh, mm-hmm. Tom Powell is a fantastic guy, and uh, some and Joe Bealhart and guys like that that have been doing stuff up here in the Pacific Northwest for. Uh, a lot longer than I have in the Pacific Northwest, um, but I mean they're great guys and, and good friends and very smart and have done a lot of the groundwork uh, that's made my life easier. Uh, <clears throat> though we we differ on other aspects of Sasquatch, I can live with that uh, because they're not out to harm me and I'm not out to harm them, um, and they have their theories and I have mine. It's simple, so. I, you know, we can coexist and live and be friends. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, that, you know, the the idea is it, it's just we, we're going to have to agree to disagree until I, and I you know, I'm, I'm still at about 98% whether or not Bigfoot exists because I have not walked through the doorway of, of uh, from, uh, uh, I'm still at are they, you know, when I walk through the doorway, to what are they? 
understand that. Uh, then, then it's are they? You know, we can't we can't prove that they even exist. So to prove that they're paranormal is is a, even a bigger challenge. So, um, just because I can't explain something, I'm not going to jump on board that it's paranormal. Uh, and that's an right. improvement over time with lots of animals and and different ideas. Uh, you know, uh, in in characteristics of of animals like Jane with Jane Goodall had had done, you know, uh, you know, jump jumping out there in the middle of nowhere and proving that uh, chimpanzees do in fact eat meat and they do hunt and all the other aspects of the chimpanzee's life that were thought to be uh, impossible or not true. Well, she proved otherwise, and I just think, uh, you know, we we as researchers can do the same. We can prove these things exist. If that's your goal, like mine, um, uh, I think it's it's very it's it's a, a worthy endeavor and it's a possible endeavor. I, you know, I don't think it's impossible. We're starting to get somewhere, and we're starting to get some of these academic scientists involved, interested in the subject. And uh, but that brings me up, you know, to another point, uh, Gunner. I don't know if you were do you know you know of uh, Squatcher Metrics, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a Squatcher Metrics is run by a great guy. Um, and he's been doing some of the data. He's been helping the Lynn project out with some of their databases and, and information and stuff. And he's been focusing on Washington, I think for the last couple of years, and he's starting to delve into Oregon now. Uh, and you can find Squatch, Squatcher Metrics on um, Twitter and Facebook, just, Put in Squatcher Metrics, but uh, I follow this guy wholeheartedly because he really is looking at all the data and compiling it and, and, and starting to reveal some patterns and some non-patterns. And one of the posts that we, we had put in, or I had posted in the uh, uh, Montrex group, Montrex Facebook group, for discussion, uh, I took from Squatch Metrics. Basically, um, what he had posted was the Pacific North Sasquatch. In the last five years, eastern Washington has made up only 7% of the 89 reports we have locked and loaded in our database for the state. That's down from 14% overall and down from 14% from the turn of the century. The question is, why the dramatic drop in reports from eastern Washington during this period, in this period? And... Uh, it's an interesting question, uh, and we got some interesting responses in our group. Uh, Joshua Lawrence, you know, he said, seems the majority of believers believe Washington has the largest population of Bigfoot. Maybe they've become aware and scattered elsewhere and or have just become more cautious. Uh, Paul Graves, and uh, Paul Graves is one of the uh, – a guy I respect highly, and, and has, uh, he lives in eastern Washington – and uh, has done a lot of the, the groundwork. Uh, one of the original um, guys out in the field, he said, this means nothing. People from eastern Washington don't talk about their encounters. There are thousands of um, databases. And uh, Chuck Madsen said, the more fires eastern Washington have would mean less habitat area. Makes sense to me. And uh, you know, I don't do a whole lot of cert research in eastern Washington. Uh, I have... I actually did go to Eastern Washington uh, a couple weeks ago where we actually had some very, really neat, we, we had, you know, Shelly Covington on the show last weekend uh, of an area we were at, had some very 
um, great activity and some awesome stuff happened, including a possible sighting. But, um, I, I, you know, I, it's a good question, though. Squatch Squatchometrics is a great site, and it's a great question because it, he's just he's, – he's got he – he doesn't have every database in there yet, and he doesn't have every encounter in there yet. But he's compiled what he's got and, and, and formulated that there has been a decrease – uh, and why is that? You know, uh, look at the numbers. So uh, one can argue, you know, if, if you believe that Sasquatch exists, one can argue that, that the fires have played a part over the last five years or whatever that they're, that, you know, pushing Sas- Sasquatch elsewhere or the lack of water sources or the the population growth in some of these areas, which is evident. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Gunnar? I mean, uh, on the, on this particular question, but also, do you follow Squatcher metrics? Um, I have not spent a lot of time uh, checking out Squatch metrics. I, uh, but I, I like, I, in fact, I just like their page because data that that with the has the possibility of of creating predictability, you know, um, and that's I I'm a big fan of. Uh, what the Olympic Project members, uh, you know, Tom Baker and Matt have done a lot of of uh, work putting, and and Squatchometrics has been helping with that. I, I, well, I mean, the environment would be the first thing. You know, what's changed in the environment in that in that time frame? And it, it was talking about um, the the number of wildfires um, over that that time frame and that most of the wildfires in Washington had taken place in eastern in eastern Washington. So I mean that that's a reduction in hot habitat. That that makes the I mean right. that's almost like a no brainer. If if there's less habitat they've got to go somewhere else. I mean the um right. You know, I on on our hike, boy, I I was I was shocked at the the low water levels of the Halem River and and the Salmonberry, you know, and and I've been talking to people this summer about because uh, I there's a a number of of uh, little areas areas where there are creeks um, at different times of the year. Some of them dry up every year, but there was there uh, this time up there there was uh, most of them were dried up. All the little side creeks it was. It was crazy, which means less water sources, which means, you know, I, how how that uh, plays into, it gives us less area to have to look at because you know that these these animals have to have water. So, And so, um, so do the game that they possibly hunt or, or, right. or the fauna that, you know, the, the uh, plants they eat, uh, it's, it does make it somewhat easier, I guess. Uh, it's hard to say, <laughs> obviously, but... Uh, you know, I've been I I have been focusing on areas where there is an abundance of water and wildlife, and it's panned out. Uh, you know, it it seems it seems to have panned out, anyways. Uh, but you know, eastern Washington or eastern well, eastern Oregon and eastern Washington are two different worlds from western Washington and western Oregon. I mean, just lots drier. Uh, I mean, there's two different worlds, and if you add a drought and fires into that mix. Uh, especially over the last five years, and we've had some extraordinary fires in these areas over the last five years. Uh, it, well, it, it's not rocket science to me, uh, you know. 
No, I mean it's uh, that's I, I just think that if you 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 know you take that reduce habitat, you're going to have less sightings. Um, and I it's interesting that Paul says that. I mean, all things being the same, then did did he says people in Eastern Washington don't talk about their encounters. So did something change? in, you know, historically versus the last five years where, you know, half as many people report their encounters as uh, the, one of the, one of the phenomenons about finding Bigfoot, like it or hate it, it is that it uh, mm-hmm. has opened up people talking about their encounter. So I, I question that premise of, well, people in Eastern Washington don't report their encounters. Well, it, you're talking about percentages. So it, I, for the yeah. change to drop, you know, be that the, the reports to go drop by half as a percentage, um, unless people all of a sudden stop talking about them, um, I, I, I'd go with the, the reduced habitat. So, Yeah, I agree. Unless there's, uh, you know... Uh, I don't know, maybe an influx of portals out that way. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think that would, uh, if there was more portals, <laughs> means more ha- more squatches, I think. I would think there's well, more, you know, the more right. portals That's you have. Study we need yeah. to do. Yes. You, you get on that and let no, me know no, what I the agree. result is. I think the, the, I, I will. I think the, like, like you, you mentioned, Gunnar, I think the loss of habitat, uh, you know, Oregon, um, and Washington are two of the most highly sought out states to move to uh, right now. And it stands to reason. Well, maybe not at the moment it doesn't <laughs> because of the lack of water. But if you look at California, um, you know, uh, in the last 10 years, a lot of Californians moved up north. And there's mm-hmm. been a great influx of people moving up this way and and uh, uh, houses going up and building. And, uh, a lot, I, you know, when I lived in San Diego, you know, I lived through the Cedar Fire down there in 2003. My parents lost their house down there, and I, I um, went through a bunch of fires down there. I mean, between fire, fire and earthquakes, that's what we had to face. And but mm-hmm. I remember, uh, and also <laughs> between the some of the the laws down there with the you know on small businesses, a lot of people are like, I'm getting out of California, I'm moving up north or where have you. But mo- a lot of my buddies that were, uh, I had some friends that were you know owned big businesses, big contractors big construction business and they moved up up this way uh both Oregon and Washington and um you know between the influx of people moving up here the fires and uh, taking out I mean some of these fires are huge up here I mean just I was watching a timeline of one of the fires out in uh Washington and it blew my mind it was just went from you know a small fire in one day and seven days later it burned over you know I forget how many acres but it was ridiculous and so there's loss of habitat, like you were saying, loss of habitat. So it, maybe uh, we got Maybe we should start looking <laughs> more north of Washington, you know, and look at Canada, uh, you know, and and see what the if there's an influx or, or uh, more reports of Sasquatch in those areas. Right, and you would expect, yeah. I mean, unless unless they're being killed in the fires, that that. That seems like a logical. If they're fleeing the area for better, better habitat, and you know, um, they may may uh, 
you, you think maybe you would see an, in, uh, an influx of reports from surrounding areas because they, you know, that'd be, they're probably not tra traveling across the state to the Olympics. You know, they're going to go to the nearest habitat. So that's, that's an interesting uh, premise right there is, are there, are there influxes in the area surrounding eastern Washington? So, good question. Yeah, yeah. There... It, I mean, I, I personally not, yeah, it's a great question, uh, but Squatcher Metrics, I recommend that, that uh, Facebook page to anybody, you can, I know they're on Twitter, uh, Squatcher Metrics is on Facebook, um, so I highly recommend going there. You'll get a lot of interesting facts, and it's, it's, it's basically um, all the data being compiled together, and it's ongoing. It's not like, okay, this is said and done. It's, it's ongoing. It's an interesting uh, study on, on sightings uh, with nothing being absolute. It's just an interesting study on the data provided in sightings and counters, and uh, they give lots of little tidbits. So if you're a researcher, though, and especially here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, I recommend the site because you may maybe find something very interesting uh, from that site. Um, please do check it out. It's something that I follow, and uh, and I know that uh, the Olympic Project follows because uh, it's part of that database is, is part of the Olympic Project's database. So it's uh, hand in hand. Um, Very good information. As, you know these fires, absolutely. As far as, as some far of as these, he... uh, as far as some, you know, I've not noticed anything. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of research on in, around the Mount Hood area and the Mount Hood wilderness, uh, and as we do Tillamook, and I'm not seeing any huge changes out that way. Um, you know, we still get reports trickling in. Uh, of course, there's not been any big fires or anything, but doesn't mean anything's not being pushed in that direction. Whether it's just, you know. I'm, I'm really curious because the month of August means a lot to me. I, I love uh, going out and doing research in the month of August, not only because I had my encounter in the month of August, but because of the amount of sightings and stuff. And obviously there's more people out there in the woods, um, you know, during the, the, the summer months because, you know, kids are out of school and whatnot, people are on vacation. But uh, I, I truly believe the month of August uh, holds something special. I just haven't figured it out yet. But I've not noticed any huge changes um, here on on sightings and whatnot, but we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe I, I'm interested to see with the, the drought um, that we're having. You know, I, if you gunner, you know, out there towards the hail and stuff, you've seen the the devastation. I mean, the, the amount of water that's not there. It, it's profound and amazing. Um, these these lakes and rivers that usually hold water year round, some of them are dry. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see uh, long term what the effects are. On some of just the local fauna and wildlife, uh, and you know, and then you know, maybe we get a better picture on on possibly what Sasquatch is doing, because I can get a better picture of what the deer and the elk and just your your little animals, even your little mammals and whatnot. What are they doing to survive? Where are they going? It it seriously is really dry up here. It's freaky. Oh yeah, it's it's weird because I mean, people talk about Oregon and and uh, you know it. And, and we're always the, the wet green state, but but uh, it's it's weird to see um, this area with uh, uh, with, with water uh, uh, 
in a drought situation. It's just not used to it Black at all. Water. Very yeah. weird, yeah. So. No. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, Speaking it's, of, it's, we were talking it's, about. It's extremely. A, mm-hmm. a little off topic with the uh, Bigfoot. There, I, I was talking with the. Um, with Tom Boyd and Angie uh, Durant at the. Oh yeah. Uh, at Tom's. I mean, at Tom's at uh, Peter's birthday party, and and with Cindy, we were talking about uh, uh, the Walking Dead, <laughs> and I see that there's a new. Speaking of monsters, there's a a new. Uh, they're going to milk that that franchise for all it's worth because now they're going to. Uh, uh, they've got something called Fear the Walking Dead, a new series that they're starting tonight. Um, so good for them if they can they can uh, get. You know, get in uh, uh, another series out of it. Uh, but uh, and uh, <laughs> it was interesting because I, I, you know, I met Tom at at Hop Squad, and and Ange helps Guy put on Hop Squad, and uh, uh, I, I never knew what Tom did for a living. But I, so I asked him, you know, hey, what it, what is it that you do, man? And he was like, he he has a I think he was a little surprised that I didn't know that he uh, has a a website about the Zodiac Killer. You know, the Zodiac Killer was like a serial killer down in the San Francisco area, like 60s and 70s. Well, his he has like the the uh, expert site on the Zodiac Killer. I mean, he was talking how the law enforcement uh, agencies have gone and and uh, gotten information could because they don't necessarily share information. They've gone and u- utilized his website to get information. And, and this, you know, Zodiac Killer, talk about, you know, to me it's like when I was a kid, I, I was interested in monsters like Frankenstein and, and the werewolf and all that kind of stuff. But one of uh, the scariest monsters to me are human monsters. I mean, that, you know, you think about the mind of a, what it takes to be a serial killer and what happens uh because I, I have this thing about looking at people and, and seeing them as little kids and like what happened between the time that they were this innocent little kid and what, what are, you know, all the, the things that have to happen to somebody to make them a serial killer. I mean, that's a, you know, that it's uh, right. interesting to me. So if, I mean, if you want to check out the, uh, the website about the Zodiac killer, uh, our friend Tom Boyd is the, the has the website and it is www.zodiackiller.com. I was checking it out earlier and yeah, and uh, it's he has got a lot of information on there. I mean, it's 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 crazy. You don't I uh, and here here's a you know a guy that that is interested in Bigfoot and and uh, and this other kind of monster. Uh, like I said, human monsters are the scariest because. Because you know they're real, so it's uh, interesting stuff to me. I've I've read books on yeah. different, you know, Dahmer and and Ted Bundy and stuff. It's just weird. It's such a a, a creepy thing. Lucas, uh, I mean, Dahmer yeah, didn't seem normal, but but creepy. Bundy was was like, you know, charismatic kind of crazy dude and was killing people. It's just blessed. Anyway, something to check out. Tom Boyd, man, I'll tell you what, Tom Boyd, he, and he is, 
uh, we're mentioning the Zodiac Killer, but he's heavily involved in the Bigfoot world, uh, big time. And he does a lot of, uh, he helps out, uh, he's helped out the BFRO and he's helped out a lot of individuals and he's kind of everywhere when it comes to Bigfoot. But the, the, the Zodiac Killer thing is he's an, he is an expert on the Zodiac Killer as much as you can be. As much as somebody could be an expert on Bigfoot, uh, this guy's more so um, um, with the, the subject matter of the Zodiac Killer. And uh, he, you know, Tom has, has spent his life, uh, he's been on, he's been on uh, TV shows before uh, talking about the Zodiac Killer and uh, uh, a very intelligent man, very intelligent, and has spent a lot of time researching this subject. And I have to wonder, you know, uh, the, like you said, Gunner, some of the biggest monsters uh, in, in, in whatnot of mystery and mayhem happen to be human. And, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, say David Polides, you know, his books, The Missing 401. I have to wonder sometimes, though many of them are fascinating and unexplained and ha- defy logic, I have to wonder if we have some serial killers in some of these national parks or or these areas or these missing people uh, where they never turn up specifically or, you know, where the, the, the cause of death can, you know, well, can't be explained because they haven't found a body. If there's mm-hmm. some sort of uh, mass murder out there in some of these areas, it happens, uh, happens you know, my... Uh, <laughs> My ex-wife uh, used to work at Yosemite uh, during a time in the 90s when there was a, a serial killer out there, and mm. and I think I've spoke about this on the show before, but there was a serial killer out there and uh, murdered multiple people, uh, rangers and and whatnot in Yosemite Valley, and which is uh, in David Police books and and known to be a hotspot for missing people uh, or, or uh, people that die from and are found in, in weird scenarios and circumstances. So you, you, I can never rule that out because I do believe humans, you know, uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, because I, I, I always carry a gun in the woods. It, you won't see it, but it's there. Um, and it's for my own protection. Uh, and simple, it, put it, to put it simply, is that I want to be prepared for any scenario that I come into. I'd rather be looking at it than for it. Simple. Uh, and so if it can protect me against some, some animal that, uh, I can't avoid or scare off, or if I'm caught between some weirdo out there, I want to make sure I can protect myself, my party or my family, depending on, on who I'm going out with. Simple. Bottom line is though, uh, people seem to be the, the, the most scariest thing out there. Uh, when I go out in the woods, uh, if you encounter somebody, <laughs> and I've talked to lots of people who have done this, and I've encountered them too, somebody out there that is just out of place, acting weird, in a place they shouldn't be, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's a very odd circumstance, and it can be at times a freaky circumstance because you don't know their motives and you don't know what they're up to. You just know that something's out of place, and I feel a lot more comfortable by having a weapon on me. Uh, I just do. Uh, people go, oh, I go out in the woods and I I don't carry a weapon. You know, I've never had to need to carry a weapon. Well, well, good, good. I'm glad you haven't had that uh, that feeling or that circumstance. But that one time you do, you're going to be wishing you had. And and I always tell people it, it's important to carry 
uh, you know, don't bring a knife to a gunfight or, you know, be prepared. And uh, I don't use my weapon to uh, – my weapon out there in the field is not to uh, shoot a Bigfoot. No, 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 not, not what I'm about. It's not even out there to shoot a bear or a cougar. You know, but it's there in case of the fact that I need to protect myself or the people I'm with. Uh, I feel a lot better in the field with a weapon. Um, and so, you know, uh, that's just my, my own opinion, my two cents, you know. Uh, but there are monsters out there, and most of the time they're human, unfortunately. And I certainly, yeah, I was I was certainly carrying on our hike, uh, you know, and, and it's, that's... Uh, like I said, I, I wouldn't probably go out in the woods without <clears throat> uh, being with someone that had a gun or, or having a gun myself. So it's it's uh, interesting. I mean, and that that uh, just stands for reason. Yeah, it's it's uh, like you said, brother. Uh, be, I like that. I'd rather be looking at it than looking for it. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, wor- words to live by. Words of wisdom from. Mr. Shane Corson. So yeah, I mean, would you go out in the woods without some sort of fire? I mean, I mean, if you're going out in the woods and and you plan to be out there a while, you're going to make sure you have something to start a fire with or have a way mm-hmm. to start a fire. It's the same. It's the same that you got to survive. And if you're out there, you got to be smart about it. It's just it's simple. You got to be smart about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? And I, you know, people will. Say, uh, you know, I've been out in the woods for, I've been out there for 30 years and never had a problem. I never carry a weapon. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you never needed that, uh, you know. I mean, I trust me, I have multiple lines of defense. I have an air horn. A lot of times I carry bear mm-hmm. spray, okay? But I carry a weapon as well, a firearm. And mm-hmm. that is to protect me against others that may have a firearm. Or if the bear spray doesn't work or if the air horn does not chase something off, guess what? You know, I'm prepared for all scenarios, and it's just that simple. The weapon is the last scenario on the playbook. It's not something I want to whip out. No, you want to try every measure beforehand. But I'd rather <laughs> be looking at it than for it, like you said, Gunner. So, uh, yeah, and, and there are monsters out there, people, and a lot of times they're human, and that's unfortunate. And uh, a lot of this, 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 these missing people can be explained, I guarantee it, but a lot of them can't, and that's why – um, I mean, look at the Zodiac Killer, like we were talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. never – it's still a mystery as to who this person was and yeah, where he came from. Yeah, he's at large. Theory, yeah. just like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, just like mm-hmm. – well, I mean, Jack Ripper is no longer at large, per se. He's dead, but no, he's another dead. mystery. But people right. are, 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 are very capable of doing some, some very um, nasty things and uh, very uh, calculating uh, things. So uh, – I just, you know, be prepared no matter, you know, no matter where you're at in, in the woods here in life. <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> and and that's, I mean, that's basically a, a weapon is an insurance policy, you know, and you just like any other insurance policy, you hope you don't have to use it. It's up to you have, but you hope you don't have to use it. But, but exactly. it's nice to have it when you need it. Right. right. So, but. Yeah. Yeah, we've just got a know, couple more minutes absolutely. here. Yeah, you know what? Well, we're getting close to the end. Ahead. What do you got? No, I mean, I, I'm just gonna. We're uh, getting close to the the end of the show. We we actually uh, uh, did a quick update show this week. Um, we'll be back next week with a, a full two hour show. 
Um, and if you, like you said, if you're out in Oregon, you can uh, find Sasquatch Coffee at uh, several locations now. If you make it to the world famous Cheese Factory, it's there. Um, this week we'll be sending orders out for the first time to high school pharmacies in Cave Junction, which is down by Grants Pass, and uh, uh, we'll have it in uh, Sisters at High School Pharmacy. And, of course, if in your, you're in Iowa, you can go to the Wild Thing, uh, look look up uh, Sharon, and uh, she's carrying She In fact, she just placed another order for some Sasquatch coffee. So go see Sharon. Uh, you can find her online, the Wild Thing. Um, she's got a cool uh, uh, antique and all kinds of stuff store. So um, thanks, Shane, for being here this week. It's... Uh, I know you've been really busy. You're you're looking at. Uh, I mean, that that's pretty dedicated to Bigfoot research. Uh, you're looking to move closer to uh, where you can Bigfoot more easily. Absolutely, I'm looking to move <laughs> in an area where where I can not necessarily. Sorry, you kind of cut out there, but I know where you're going. Uh, uh-huh. Not necessarily habituate an area, but I want to be in an area where I can go out and. Uh, invite uh, groups out or to do research from my back door. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at, and it's been a little bit stressful trying to sell a house here and <laughs> and uh, look for a house and do it within uh, a short period of time. So, yeah, it's been it's been a battle. But uh, you know what? When all is said and done, I know I'm going to be sitting pretty. So I'm looking I, I'm looking forward to the future. So save me a you know you you'll have some house guests when you you get out there. So. Um, so if anybody's looking for a house in the Beaverton area, get a hold of Shane. He's he's got a a house that he's uh, looking to get rid of and quick, so he can get out of town and and uh, get out into the Bigfoot area. So that's about all the time we got this week for Monster X Radio. Join us next Sunday, 4 p.m. Pacific, for Monster X Radio. Until then, keep it squatchy. <laughs>